0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. Your host is Ellen Etoff, the soulful sex coach. Our program will take you beyond the sex you've been experiencing and open up a whole new world of intimacy. You've got a lot to learn today, so let's get started. Here is Ellen Etoff.
1: Hello. Now, I first learned of my guest today, Rafael Kushner, several years ago when we were both scheduled to present at the International Conference on Sacred Sexuality in Santa Fe, New Mexico. We'd both conducted workshops there in different years previous to that. And unfortunately, the latter conference a couple of years ago was canceled when the organizer passed away and we never met. But now we're meeting on the show here. So I was so intrigued by Raphael's program on how sexual energy reveals your essence and his description of it that I hung on to that description in hopes that I would someday find a way to explore this topic with him. So I'm really delighted this is finally happening. Welcome, Raphael Kushner.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I'm really glad to be with you. And uh, it's been a while since that conference. And when you sent me the description that you hung on to, I was really glad because I couldn't find my own description.
1: (laughs) Well, synchronicity. Okay, so for those who haven't... um, had access to that show description before hearing this, I'd like to read it. Now, I don't usually do this, but I find it very compelling. So here it is. How Sexual Energy Reveals Your Essence. What would sex be like if we shed all our principles and expectations about it? What if we approach sex with a totally naked mind? In such a void, we're often able to explode the limitations of false identity and unite with our true self. This true self is beyond the distinction of masculine and feminine, you and I, or even I and all. Instead of being made love to, we're now made love through. In these moments, what roars between ourselves and our lovers are the deepest, wildest forces of creation. These forces can be summoned and honored, but not controlled. It's by learning to surrender to them that we realize And actually experience our divinity. Now there's more, and of course we won't be able to go into the depth that Raphael would have in his workshop, but I'd like to use this as as a jumping off point. And before we jump off, uh, let me just introduce him a little further. Um, Raphael Kushner is a leading voice in the world of emotional connection and present moment awareness, He shared his unique approach to personal and professional development with millions of readers in O, the Oprah magazine, BeliefNet, Spirituality and Health, Psychology Today, and the Huffington Post. He's the author of six books, lectures worldwide, and he coaches individuals and teams at Fortune 100 companies, governments, religious organizations, and leading nonprofits. Now, in 1996, Raphael's own heart was opened by an experience of profound grief, making him an experienced guide for anyone on a spiritual path. And I'd like to start Raphael with how your personal dark night of the soul, which I understand uh, when I understand both your career and your marriage fell apart, led to your spiritual awakening.
2: Sure. Well. What I like to say about that is that life gave me a problem that I couldn't solve.
3: Mm-hmm. And the
2: reason that that was so important is because prior to that time, I had done pretty well using my whippersnapper brain to make it through <laughs> life and to approach situations from a kind of top-down, um, you know, left-brain way, and it worked. And in this situation. Um, it just didn't, and I was in so much pain, and my mind was going crazy trying to figure out a way to deal with what ultimately couldn't be de- dealt with. And, and I think now, most,
1: most people have experienced something in their lives that
2: yeah. When I'm at workshops that before definition. I start talking about my own dark night of the soul, I ask people to raise their hand if they've had one, and almost everybody does. So yes. it's a universal experience for the most part. But so I just happened? want to share with your listeners the one piece about that that might make it more real and personal in my case. Um, so part of that experience was my wife at the time coming home and telling me I had an affair and I don't think I can stop. Ah. And, and that wasn't actually the thing that my brain couldn't work with because what I did at that time was I said, well, let's get on the phone with our counselors, let's try to repair the container um, do all those things that one would do in that situation if you're trying to be as skillful as possible, even though you might also be emotionally destroyed. Um, but what I found at that time is that um, my partner couldn't do that, and she was cycling through a kind of an addiction. that She had to go to her own you know, depths. But here's the kicker is that at one point I said to her, when I married you, you became my family, and you don't get kicked out of my family unless you want to be. So tell me what you really want at this time and and what she said was um, as strange or as impossible as it may sound all I want is to be with you and that may seem insane because here I am I've left you to be living with another man and it seems like I have all the power and control in this situation but to me what's happening is forces unleashed that I feel I don't have any control over so what I, what I see is the possibility of us getting back together, but it's like a dim light at the end of a very long tunnel, and I have no way of knowing if I'll ever get there, and I would never ask you to wait for me, but you asked me what was in my heart, and that's my truest answer.
1: Wow. That First of all, by asking such a powerful question and being willing to hear the answer is a big step right there, but Uh, that story speaks to so many aspects of love and sexuality in our lives and intimacy. It speaks to the whole issue of, um, you know, betrayal, mm -hmm. to not knowing, to you know, the left brain trying to fix things when the right brain and the heart have no idea where we're headed. I mean, it just speaks to so many things that people in different ways I know have experienced at some time in their lives. So um, what did you do or what happened? Well,
2: so, you know, just to be, you know, to reiterate the main point is that that just threw me. I mean, it confused me. It stopped me in my tracks. was no way (laughs) way to fix that situation at all. And so I was just in this incredible amount of pain and um, a mentor of mine said, you know, I have an idea what you could do with all of this pain that you're experiencing. And of course, I sat up on the edge of my chair. What? Tell me anything. And, and he said very calmly, how about nothing? How about ah. doing nothing at all to try to change the way you feel? Mm-hmm. And at first that sounded like torture. But, um, you know, the more I sat with it, the more compelling it was to me because what most people were saying out of the goodness of their heart um, or things like it's good to keep busy and I just knew that distraction wasn't the road for me after all I'd been through not just in that circumstance but all the therapy that I would had all the spiritual paths that i had been on I knew I was ready for something different and so I went with the, definitely the road less traveled and I just did my best to sit in the soup of my suffering and I did that without knowing how long it was going to last or where it was going to take me I just kept noticing every time I got pulled out of it on one track or another and as soon as I noticed I just came and sat right back in the midst of it
1: and where are you um, at some point it sounds like you came out of that dark night of the soul
2: yeah what happened was that's
1: that's the beauty of it is if you really sit with it eventually it has to change right otherwise when you resist it it often doesn't
2: even one step beneath that when we really sit with anything we notice that everything is always changing so mm-hmm. the thing that seems intractable if we're with it micro moment by micro moment is constantly changing whether it's a migraine headache or um, a sense of abandonment in our heart whatever the felt experience is we're having it may not go away but when we attend to it very closely one moment at a time bringing our attention to the sensation, we notice that it's completely in flux. And that can be really liberating because for many of us it feels like when we're stuck, nothing is moving, nothing is changing. So in my experience, even before I had my breakthrough, my awakening um, time, still there was a recognition that, um, yes, this is alive and I'm alive in it.
1: Mm, beautiful. So, I can't resist asking what I know listeners are wondering, which is: Okay, 17 years later, did you did your wife ever reach the end of her tunnel with you at the end of it?
2: Uh, so, what and happened? And what about that, you? Yeah, what happened at that time was um, I really made a decision that a lot of people thought was just crazy to hold the space for her. And as best as I can use it for my own personal and spiritual growth and as a result we stayed very closely connected but also separated for the most part for about two and a half years after that fateful day when she came and told me that news and what I told myself at the time was I didn't want to leave to be avoiding anything and that if it was right for me to leave there would come a time when I would just know and, and I, I, that's the one thing I had faith with, that if there was a knowing that it was time to go, then I would get it and I would do it. And there were certain experiences that happened about two and a half years later that had to do with further dishonesty. And after everything we'd been through together, I just felt like that was the signal that I needed. And when I left, it was in peace. Um, mm. you know, it wasn't, there wasn't any you know, real agitation about it. It was just like, okay, I get it now. But even then, to be honest, you know, there was still an additional challenge I had to walk through because I had, I'm one of those world savers, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are. (laughs) From a very young age, I really um, was moved and impacted by, the most vulnerable among us and it was only later that I came to see that I was so drawn to the wounded and the downtrodden because I couldn't face my own pain my own woundedness um, but even once I knew that I still had that whole thing running in me and because my wife at the time was just this incredible being who also had been dealt an incredibly bad hand at life even
1: Hello, Raphael, we've lost you. There's
2: still, this part of me that was just saying that to leave her, and this is, I know how crazy this is, but at the time it felt like to leave her was to turn my back on all those who suffered unjustly. And so mm-hmm. I had to walk through one final piece, which was every time I would feel myself kind of clutching toward her, like, no, don't let her go, don't let her go. I had to realize that I was actually suffering speaking directly to my own wounded self, my own vulnerability. So I would turn my attention like a boomerang back from her to this pain in my gut. And I think I probably did that a hundred times. And then finally, I was free.
1: Well, that certainly takes a concerted awareness and practice and ongoing awareness and practice, which I think we'll cycle back into later in this conversation. So thank you for sharing such an intimate journey
2: with us. Sure. You know, I I just want to say something about that. I have the best job in the world because I travel around and I invite people into a place of authenticity, and everybody shares from a very deep level, and I get to benefit um, because I'm with people at their most beautiful and their most real and I feel like as a part of that, um, first of all, it's my sacred responsibility to show up in the same way, but also nothing's better. And you know, even though we're speaking on a radio program and it's available to people over the internet who I'll never meet, I just feel like you know we don't have time to waste with pretending. and you know, any time that we can share something about our own experience, especially the dark places and the difficult places that might touch someone else's heart and give them a possibility to see their own lives in a fuller way, um, I'm going to jump at that. That's so, so, great. Uh, you, know, you know, I think in our
1: heart of hearts, most people do want to relate to others, at least some of the others in their lives in that, at that level. I mean, that's yeah, I
2: think re- you're absolutely help. right. And I think that that's a right. lot of times people will just, their, their first response might be, oh, my God, that's oversharing. And then their second response might be, oh, finally, I get a yes. chance yes. to touch yes. into what's true for me and, those and are the have ones that be want to held and connected with in a in a really loving way.
1: So, and then, of course, you launched this whole new career around this um whole journey you've been on so now let's bring this back and we're actually going to be taking a break in a couple of minutes but let's start by diving into this question like how does your sexual energy reveal your essence and maybe you can tie it into that journey I'm not sure but um,
2: well we'll, as you said we'll get started and then we'll come back around to it Um, so all of us wake up sexually usually in puberty, Um, and suddenly there's this whole aspect of our being that includes desire, includes pleasure, but ultimately stems from the most powerful generative forces of creation. I mean, the whole way everything is born is through sexuality. And so therefore the forces that are connected to sexuality are some of the hugest ones that we know yeah, it's the life beings. force of the planet. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, how one, this is going to be, this is a funny word that I'm going to use, how one manages that inside him or herself hmm. is one of the biggest life challenges that any of us face, and it shows us who we are, it shows us who we aren't, it shows us who we want to be, who we're not yet. Um, But also, if we turn towards those energies in a way that is really open and surrendered, we have the the strongest possible window into the self that is beyond personality, beyond the operating system that we move through our everyday with. So we've got, on the one hand, this mirror of who we are as a person that comes from how we deal with our sexuality. And then on the other hand, we also have the opportunity to transcend who we are as a person and to really get to the source of everything.
1: Ooh, beautiful. Okay, this is going to be great ground laying for um, the next piece that we're going to dive into. So we're going to take a short break first. This is Ellen Etoff, and my guest is Raphael Kushner. You're listening to Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. And just so you know, a couple of days after this live broadcast, you can get downloads of the show and show transcripts at ecstatica.com slash show. That's E-X as in exciting, T-A-T-I-C-A dot com. Forward slash show, show So stay tuned for more with Raphael Kushner on sexual energy and emotional intelligence.
0: This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
3: Health is in your hands. What you do and what you don't do sets the course for the path of your life. Listen for wise chats, simple talk, profound wisdom with Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook. Through this series, we'll explore energetic approaches to health and healing that provide practical and personal solutions. Our guests will share ideas and insights that will help us all adopt new behaviors and create lasting internal shifts. Wise Chats can be heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America's 7th Wave Channel.
4: Being outside the box is your thrival guide to living outside this reality. Are you always waiting for your ship to come in? Do problems happen to you? What if you created your life rather than sitting by waiting? Do you live in the fantasies of this reality? Winning the lottery, waiting for your prince, princess to come, even being healthy? Do you always do what is expected of you rather than choosing for you? What if the rules didn't apply, and what if you could thrive from a different space? Join host Lynn Walder for tools to being outside the box. Listen Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave. On the program Inside Out, our outsides match our insides. Join host Beth Green along with co-host James Maynard For an insightful weekly journey that lets us all be real with no boundaries. We'll discuss current events, interview amazing guests, challenge old ideas, and see ourselves and our world more clearly. It's about you as much as us. So you're invited to call in, write in, and most of all, tune in. Listen for Inside Out, live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
0: Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This is Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. Do you have questions or comments for Ellen Etoff or her guests? Call in live at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795, or send an email to radioshow at ecstatica.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Okay, well, we got that little um, intro wrong, but this is Ellen Etoff, actually, (laughs) on a different show, on Ecstatica the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life, and my guest is Raphael Kushner, best-selling author and leader in emotional intelligence, and we're discussing how sexual energy reveals your essence. And I do want to say, uh, before we get into the next piece of it, is that my view is that ecstatic lovemaking has less to do with techniques and what you do than it does stepping outside of all of our ideas, beliefs, expectations, our hopes and our fears about it all that leaving all of that outside the bedroom and ideally we would also drop to the extent possible our personal identity and of course this is easier said than done and Raphael what I believe you were saying when we exited is that um, it's sort of a dance between the combination that personal human identity and then that larger true self that if i 'm not um, wrongly translating that that really is all it is,
2: yeah, well, I really appreciate you talking about you know beyond technique, and I want to address that, and I also want to just say in terms of synchronicity um, i don 't know if for later listeners that that incorrect intro will be um, Cut out, but but it was about a show called living living the shift, and I wanted to say that because that is actually what we're talking about. So I believe there was a, <laughs> there was a wonderful <laughs> synchronicity because the shift, the shift. Look, we
1: shouldn't edit it out, <laughs>
2: <laughs> right? Well, um, but but mainly that the thing I want listeners to know is that the shift is from thinking about sexuality as a place to um, experience pleasure and to give pleasure. Um, and to have an agenda about how to do that, and to shift into a recognition that since we 're always wanting to be as present as possible, and that when we open to sexual energies there's more to be present to, you, and sometimes there's even more challenging things to be present to you, that this is the place more than any other where we really do need to drop our agendas and If you're starting from the idea of, you know, I want my tantric breathing to look like this or when you touch me in a certain way, that gives me the most pleasure, um, that those things are fine. There's nothing wrong with them. But they come with an idea of what's supposed to happen or what we want to happen. And there's something that is more powerful that can occur for us when we start just from coming into presence. You know, myself and my partner, or even if you're alone, yourself and and your own sexual energy, what's here right now? What am I actually feeling? And when we first are able to connect to what we're experiencing in the moment, then we can also begin to feel what's moving between ourselves and our partners when we are partnered. And it's that dance between what's within and what's between that allows us to have a truly sacred experience that we're fully present to. And that is really the shift that I think you very much, Alan, and me as well, that we both are inviting people to. It's a whole different way to approach the idea of coming together sexually.
1: Absolutely, yes, and and beautifully put. So what do you mean when you say that our sexual energy reveals your essence?
2: Well there's there's a lot to that and we've touched on you know what I you mean you have touched on it ago. but I
1: just want to make sure we
2: Right you know, well the the
1: together. essence
2: of all of us is uh, yes. our okay. divinity it is the source that we come from there is nothing beyond that there is nothing more than that it's beautiful it's perfection and when we let all of our structures that keep us together through the course of our usual everyday life, our ordinary consciousness, when we let those fall away, we have a direct connection that we can't get in, in, in almost any other way to that essence, to that, let's say, spark of divinity that is within all of us. Now, there's some people who can get to that, let's say, through chanting. Some people get to that through dance. But when we bring sexual energy into the picture, there's something that is so volcanic, something that is almost you know, um, evocative of the Big Bang. And we have to get spacious enough and willing enough to be able to let that kind of energy run through us while we're conscious and aware in order to tap that essence. And the reason that I said that last piece is there are many people who have incredible amounts of sexual energy running through them, but in a compulsive way or in a scripted way or in an unhealthy way. And all of those versions that I'm just describing have the sexual energy but they don't have the presence and the awareness to hold it, and so all of the magic that leads to that sexual to that uh, the, the the sexual essence and ultimately our spiritual essence comes from the marriage of that huge experience with an equally huge awareness and attention to ride it fully.
1: Ah, yes, beautiful surfing the waves. So. Um I just It just reminds me, it kind of puts a whole new perspective on I used to say that you can find God taking out the garbage, but doing it during lovemaking is just so much more fun. But it's because lovemaking, like you said, does potentially stir up such powerful energies and it's just really a lot to work with. Now, tying this to what you described as, you know, sitting in the soup of your suffering when you were going through your um, your challenging journey... Um, with your wife um, that is really inclusive of the emotional experience so I wonder if you could tie the link between or what you see as the link between emotions and sexuality because people often tell me you know, I I talk about emotional. I talk about physical bliss, emotional intimacy, and a sense of spiritual union. But I notice a lot of people kind of use the terms emotional intimacy and spiritual intimacy um, interchangeably or synonymously. I actually see it as different, and I just wonder where you bridge that whole language around emotions and sexuality and spirituality. Sure.
2: Well most of the work that I do in the world as you know these days has to do with emotional connection and what I believe is that emotions are the nexus between self and spirit meaning that um, when we feel fully our emotions in our bodies we expand into our fullest possible awareness and connection with ourselves and with everything around us and when we resist those emotions That's where we get stuck, and that's where our relationship to spirit also remains stuck. So without bringing sexuality into it at all for a moment, I believe that we can surf the waves, as you said a moment ago, of our emotions into a direct connection with spirit. That's one version, one way. But now, if we're going to be sexual and we notice that we have sexual energy arising within us and between ourselves and our partner. It it often creates a very um, what's the best word to describe it? Just a very tightly entwined connection between sexual energy and emotional energy and you know many women know this i think more than men because often they'll be at the heights of sexual pleasure and then suddenly they'll just start crying or sometimes mm-hmm. they'll just start they'll just start laughing and sometimes it's uh,
1: not a problem
2: <laughs> right right, Tell the man right absolutely it's really not a problem sometimes <laughs> they're tapping into something that is very personal that is coming up for healing and when i said before that um there's well, often no there's agenda. not even a subject
1: matter often I, know. Right. Well, that was
2: gonna, I was going to yeah. get to that one, but, but the, the personal emotion. one yeah. is an opportunity as long as one or the other partner doesn't think that it is a problem because maybe what's meant to happen is that we're just quiet. We're just staring into each other's eyes. We're just riding this emotional wave. We're just holding each other, and that may be a beautiful gift that's more powerful in that experience than orgasm or anything else. But then coming to the other piece, Ellen, that you were adding, often it's not really personal, and that has to do with tapping into the waves of creation. We we don't really know, but sometimes it feels like we're having archetypal experiences or we're having lineage experiences. The energy is so big and at the same time doesn't feel connected to our own biography that we're aware that we're in something that is way bigger than we usually are, and that's part of where you know, the great spiritual breakthroughs can happen. So while we can get to spirit through emotions or get to spirit by taking out the garbage, as you described, when we're really open and presently connected sexually, we're just in a realm that is so much more powerful, and it has, therefore, the power to take us deeper and further than than many other versions of how we might get to uh, a a more awake consciousness. And I do want to say, though, before we go on, that that's why it's also especially important to be really careful and mindful with those energies. It's not just, I mean, it's not for the faint of heart, number one. Um, (laughs) Number two, though, it can't be something that is, Just jumped into without a lot of conscientiousness when you have a history of trauma and particularly if you have a history of trauma with sexuality. So on the one hand, I love sharing about what it is to open into these explosive energies that can take us to our spiritual essence, but because so much of the work I do is with people who have suffered significant trauma, I'm really mindful of that and I always want to let everybody know that it's super important to be honest with where you are on that journey and not go further than you feel that your own being and the most fragile parts of you can go
1: and uh, th- thank you for saying that that's so important and with that in mind do you have any suggestions for people who are in that situation and like what they can say because really you've been talking about you know being with your experience in the fullest, deepest way, and yet, what do you say to somebody who has experienced trauma? Like, how do they? How do you communicate that to a partner or back out in a way that's not just disassociative, well, or just stopping part everything?
2: Of it, part of it really has to come beforehand. So, um, if you're in a situation where a trauma is being touched, or you're worried that you're Dissociating, or your partner is noticing that you're not there anymore. Probably, it's too late. Not that you can't get out of it, but what I mean is, is that for your health and well-being, there's a conversation that you needed to have with yourself and with your partner previously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that um, because the energies are so powerful and sometimes overpowering, we need to know about self-care. First, we need to know about what the most scared part of ourselves needs. Um, we need to know about the part of ourselves that doesn't buy into all of this. What what he or she needs. So, I think that if you stare into someone's eyes, or you dance with someone, you know, on the dance floor, and you can feel the power of that energy, and you sense that there's some some place that the two of you can go together, it's really important. To, to hit the pause button first and find out where are the places that we are strong in our self-connection and where are the places where we're still healing in our self-connection. And it's, it's in terms of sacred sexuality, that's one of the most sacred things that we can do mm-hmm. is honor those places where we're still healing um, or, or even that we haven't started healing. So I think that... Um, Even though these energies are all about intense experience as we've been talking about them, they need the container that comes from talking. And I don't think it's ever really safe for anybody who has even a a little bit of trauma in their life to enter into this kind of relationship with these raw and powerful energies without a lot of really careful discussion first.
1: Good, good. So... I think this then also may relate to what you call the evolutionary glitch in the brain. And I think it might be nice to talk about, like, what is this glitch, and specifically how does this glitch impact our love lives, and how do we work with it?
4: Well, and
1: again, we're going to be hitting the break in a couple minutes, but let's okay, get started okay, on good. this.
2: I love to go on, so it's really good to know <laughs> in advance that you know, the, the cane's going to come out, or um, the hook, or whatever they call it in Bonville. Um, yeah. So, uh, really briefly, for listeners, um, we have one part of our brain that generates our emotions and our felt experiences, and, and it needs us to feel directly in our bodies what it generates. And then we have another part of our brain we can call the primitive brain that's there to protect us from everything that seems to be a threat to our safety. And the glitch in the brain that you mentioned is that that primitive part of our brain can't distinguish between an external threat like footsteps in a dark alley and an internal threat like abandonment or um, rage or anything that feels overpowering emotionally so when the part of our brain generates the emotion it's basically saying feel this and in these situations the primitive brain actually thinks those experiences are life-threatening so it blocks them and it says no way and we find ourselves therefore at cross-purposes until we can rewire that glitch. And that changes our lives emotionally when we do that, but it also has the potential to change our lives sexually as well.
1: Yeah, and of course, our emotional relationship, especially if we're in a long-term relationship or a you know partnered relationship, that, that totally affects our sexuality. So um, let's take this last break and then come back and talk about... Um, a strategy for dealing with this glitch how will that be okay okay so uh, we're going to take this our last break it's this is ellen etoff with my guest rafael kushner on ecstatica the way to an erotic ecstatic love life and when we come back if you have questions please feel uh, free to call into the show at the number you're going to hear uh, during the break and we'll take your questions okay we'll be right back
0: This is the Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network.
4: Are you in tune with yourself? Listen every week for Ecstaticism Embracing the Journey to Awakening, featuring host Sherry Lynn. When we understand that we are not alone in this world and have infinite love available to us at all times, we can be ecstatic and call upon the assistance we need to reconcile and release our past, fear, and addictions. Listen to Ecstaticism, Embracing the Journey to Awakening, live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Joy, bliss, and ecstaticism is our God gift to experience. Be joy, be
2: peace, be love. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network.
4: We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews.
0: Seek greater awareness. This is Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. Do you have questions or comments for Ellen Etoff or her guests? Call in live at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to radio show at ecstatica.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back.
1: This is Ellen Etoff. Discussing with Raphael Kushner, how sexual energy reveals your essence. And before we left, uh, we were talking about this evolutionary glitch in the brain, which Raphael described very nicely. And um, I always like to give our listeners something that they can work with and use in their own lives. And so I'd really appreciate it if you could discuss what you've come up with as a successful strategy for dealing with this, this glitch.
2: Sure, sure. um, uh, What we need to do is rewire it, and there's a very simple way to do that. Not easy, but simple. And usually when we know that the glitch has happened is when we're experiencing a physical contraction. There's some way that there's tension in our body, tightness, our shoulders are maybe climbing up to our ears, there's a pressure in our temples. And that's an alert that, as we could say, surfs up You know there's an emotion that has come into presence but then been blocked and the first thing that we do is we bring our attention directly to that place of the block or the tension and we just get very close to it we notice it in a in a spacious and gentle way and allow it to be exactly as it is and when we do that the primitive brain realizes that something different is happening and it, it knows how powerful it is, but it also knows that it doesn't run the whole show. So when we make a different choice to go into that place of contraction, the primitive brain says something like, okay, what? Um, we're doing something different? I, I don't know if I like this, and, and I reserve the right to shut it all down at a moment's notice, but <laughs> oh, okay, do, do what you're doing. And then what happens is the contraction, and this is true of every single one of them, the contraction releases... And it puts us in touch with the original emotion that had been blocked. So let's say, for instance, that it's grief. Suddenly we're very directly in touch with grief, and we have the opportunity to surf that. And when I say surf it, what I'm saying is that your attention is the surfer and the felt experience in your physical body is the wave Mm, and as you keep those two very closely connected moment by moment what happens is that your primitive brain says something again like oh grief not footsteps in a dark alley not life-threatening and it learns it updates so that the next time an experience of grief arises it doesn't shut you down as hard or as long as it did before, and, you know, and and that's how the shift really happens. And so ultimately, your life isn't going to be one where you don't contract. We all do that, but you'll notice it quicker, you'll get through it quicker, and you'll have um, full access to the emotions that you need to feel in order to get the full feedback that's coming from your being and then you become somebody who is not just emotionally intelligent, as in being able to be aware and to manage and to regulate your emotions, but you become someone who is emotionally skillful and present and connected, and that's Mm. the fullest, juiciest life possible.
1: Absolutely. Oh, and let let
2: me add one other thing is that, that through that process, We come into coherence and integration, and we're able to be the best thinkers that we are after we feel our way open. So this is not about becoming more emotional at the expense of other parts of our genius. It's about actually doing things in the right order so that we get the best possible benefit from all of the ways that we can be intelligent.
1: Oh, excellent. That's, now we have a great agenda for all us emotional, so all us intellectual types, <laughs> all the left brain thinkers that the society has uh, promulgated. So, um, yeah, that's really rich. And I love your analogy about the attention being the surfer and the emotions being the wave. And this is so valuable and, you know. In everyday life, we have interactions not only with our intimate partners but with other people at work or our kids or family members and friends, and that the body is such a great um, messenger for uh, allowing us to work with these emotions and this this glitch, as you put it, which is great. So, since we don't have a lot of time, I'd like to jump into a question that was submitted um, by email by a listener, Chris, and... She was speaking to a couple of books. One was *Sex at Dawn*, which uh, talks about how monogamy is unnatural, among other things, and of course, and that women have great sexual urges and desires that, um, left unbridled, are really huge. Maybe even bigger than men's. Um, and also about some books that have uh, talked about, you know, women's brains and how. Uh, they may want as many sex partners or more than men and so can you and she also raises the question of polygamy, polyamory, pornography and and really the difference in men's and women's brains so let's, let's kind of maybe narrow this down first to um, maybe gender roles and how men and women experience sexuality and that integration with spirituality or that emotional bridge as you've been speaking to
2: yeah well I think the first most important thing is for us to stop so much looking at men and women and to start looking at relative degrees of masculine and feminine energy within each person.
1: Yes, good, because we've all got both.
2: Yeah, we do. And we also have access to those different qualities or energies in different ways and to different degrees at different times. And that's what it means to be a fully liberated human, emotionally and sexually, is to recognize that it's ever-shifting and to meet it where it is in the moment. So
1: so we don't have to be labeled with our, within ourselves, let alone by the
2: culture. Right. Well, and anytime we stick to some spot on the continuum and say, that's where I am, that's where my sexuality is, it's not just... Uh, a lie but it's harmful because that's just not the way human beings are. So for the person who feels the most macho and he's like 98% masculine energy, there's still going to be times when he's in a moment that's actually there for him to receive and to come into his feminine energy and to miss that opportunity is, you know, a tragedy as far as I'm concerned. So I think that it is really important to recognize first of all where we start on the continuum, you know, because some women are more like 50-50 and some men are, and then some men and women are at the outer edges of the continuum. And when we have that initial recognition, it helps us see who we are in these ways and then also gives us a, po- a possibility to grow further um, along that continuum. Um, and that there is one thing, though, that connects to some of the issues that Chris was talking about, it is really important as a distinction between men and women at least that I've found and that is the whole piece around oxytocin um, because even if women are more balanced or even more masculine in their own expression of sexuality they still seem for the most part not everyone but for the most part to have the release of that bonding hormone after a, a powerful sexual connection that is different from what most men have. And so men can love just as deeply as women and the bond can be just as as um, lasting and powerful, but it doesn't come just through the act of intercourse for most men the way that it is for many women. So that when women are considering things like polyamory um, or anything outside of a just a, a monogamous pair bond, there has to be a question of, does that apply to them? Um, Are they wishing that they were different than they are? Um, Or are they actually somebody who can have, um, you know, a a conscious love-making experience with someone and then not want to have an exclusive pair with them?
1: Good question and and good answer before that. (laughs) Good answer ending with a good question. Okay, so we have a caller on hold. His name is Randy from Massachusetts. So, can we get Randy on?
3: Hi, this is Randy.
1: Hi, Randy. This is Ellen and Raphael. You have a question for Raphael.
3: I do have a question for okay, Raphael. Go ahead. So, hi, Raphael. I've I've listened to some of your talks before, uh, and uh, and I love you. Oh, thank you so mm.
2: much.
3: And actually, I've been working with one of the beautiful relationship people I've heard you interview, uh, Daphne Kigma. Uh Aha, she's wonderful. She is wonderful. And I really related to your story with your um, ex-wife, and I'm sort of in a similar situation with a... I've had a relationship with a very wounded but beautiful soul, and... uh, it's just been very difficult for me to fully extract myself because I have this world saver thing, and uh, and to me, there's such a way that she seems like a child, and that more I'm like in a parental role with her. And
1: so, what if, would you like to ask Rafael?
3: Yeah, just how? To, tell me more about how you how you find the strength to separate from someone who just doesn't seem your. Um, seem to be right for you?
2: Well, um, well, I think it's a great question, and, um, you
3: know, whenever we're in
2: a relationship that has that parental quality, we know that can't be good for either person, so we've got to give everything we can to find a way to come into greater equality or recognize that we're not going to be able to. But if we've gotten to the place of working on the relationship enough that we we, we don't see that equality coming into being, then I think the key is um, what I mentioned before, but with an extra emphasis to the body. And what I mean by that is that every single time you find it hard to let the other person go, every single time you find yourself reaching, whether it's out of habit or need um, or anything at all, that's actually a felt experience in your body. So as soon as you recognize that, you can turn your attention to your own body. And I mentioned when I, when I talked about this earlier, I did that probably a hundred times, sometimes we have to do it a thousand times. But what's happening in that experience is that we're coming into a healthier relationship with our own inner emotional life. And it's the relationship between our awareness and what we're experiencing. And the more that heals and grows into full maturity, the easier it is we're able to separate from the old pattern and also choose better in the future. So that's the place we've got the greatest leverage is in the relationship between our awareness and our own experience. And that becomes really the imprint for whatever relationship we're able to have.
1: Okay, thank you, Randy, so much for calling in. I appreciate that. Um, Clearly, Raphael has so much to offer in the realm of um, this whole sexual realm and emotional intelligence and our sexual energy and connecting with our divinity, but also the whole realm of... Uh, spirituality as well. And I want to just give you a, a moment here before we have to go, Raphael, to tell us about your upcoming program and then how people can find out about your your various programs going forward, your various workshops and your website, which I believe is Kushner.com. Let's spell that. It's C-U-S-H-N-I-R.com.
2: Exactly. That is correct, and thank okay. you. That's kind of the hub for everything having to do with Raphael, and you know, lots there that's free to explore and discover. But right now, we're having this interview in October of 2013, and um, in just a couple of weeks, I'm launching something called the Hidden Power of Emotions, which is a six-week online learning experience. Um, for um, as many people as want to join from all around the world and it's a chance to dive into this in a safe way. Um, There's both online work and conference calls and you get really close to the people in the six weeks who you're working with. If you want to know more about that, you can do it two ways. You can go to hiddenpowerofemotions.com. That's pretty easy. And if you want to watch a four-part video series about all of the things we've been talking about today in the realm of emotions. It's hiddenpowerofemotions.com video one. That's where the four videos begin. Um, so either way, um, you can get a lot of information about the program. And if you don't get to it right now, that's okay because we'll be repeating the program a few times over the next couple of years.
1: Okay. So, um, and if you uh, want a transcript of this show or any of my other Ecstatica shows on Voice America and links to Rafael Kushner's website and any other links he wants to send me, I believe he has, we'll post them all on ecstatica.com. show. That's E X. T-A-T-I-C-A dot com slash show. So thank you so much, Raphael Krishner, for being here. This has been really so enlightening and wonderful and I wish we could just spend the rest of the the evening talking about all this. But um, I really appreciate all that you've offered us in the time that we've had.
2: Oh, it's my great pleasure.
1: Well, thank you for listening to Ecstatica. This is Ellen Etoff in support of you having an erotic, ecstatic love life.
0: We hope you've learned from and enjoyed the show today. Join us again for another stimulating hour of Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life, with your host, Ellen Etoff, on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. This week, enjoy the best sex of your life.